Praise God. Praise God. Come on, let's begin to worship our great God. Come on, if he's been great to you, if he's been great in your life, come on, give him your best worship. Give him your best praise. Come on, lift up your hands. Open up your hearts. Open up your mouth. Let him know how great he is and how greatly he is to be praised. God, you are awesome and mighty in all of your ways. We worship you because you're a great God and you do great and mighty things. Oh, you're an awesome God. And so, Father, as we've spent time today to just give you the glory for your awesome greatness that you display to us each and every day of our lives, Father, we've drawn closer to you, Father, through praise and worship. Now you've drawn closer to us, Father. And I declare that every form of sickness and disease represented in this room is eradicated now, Father. I declare that every form of poverty and, and loss, Father, and bills not being paid, I declare that it is eradicated now in your presence, Father. I declare that broken relationships are restored, Father. Marriages are mending, Father. Jobs are flourishing, Father. Businesses are prospering, Father. Because you are great and you're able to do great and mighty things in our lives. And so, Father, have your way even further in this service on today. Father, let it be less of me and more of you. Father, I have decreased simply because you have increased. Minister to thee through these lips of clay today, I declare that my tongue is connected to my heart, my spirit, and I speak as I ought to speak today the oracles of God. You grant me the ability to do that with simplicity, Father, so that the people won't stand in the wisdom of man, but they'll stand in the power of God. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Heal, deliver, set free, make whole, move up and down every aisle, in and out of every row. We declare that the anointing will destroy every burden and every yoke represented in this room. And Father, we'll give you the glory for all the good that will come out of this service. In Jesus' name, and if you agree with that prayer today, come on, give God your best praise right there. Come on, you can do better than that. Give God your best praise today. Come on, give God your best praise today. Come on, give a great God a great praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. How many of y'all believe it's his breath in your lungs? Come on, well then you should freely give him the praise that is due unto his name. And nobody should have to stoke you to do that. Just the fact that you woke up this morning, God has been good to you, man. You're not in a hospital today. God has been good to you. 
You should never just stare there and stare, stare, stand there and stare like God has done nothing for you. So if you just have breath in your lungs this morning, come on, give, give it to God right now. Give that to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Excellent job, music department. I want you to find anybody today. Speak life into them. Encourage them with a big smile on your face. Compliment them and let them know that God is good and he is good all the time. Come on, love on somebody. Give them a big hug, compliment. Excellent job, music department. God has been so great to linked up church. <clears throat> There's just so much going on in my heart and in my spirit. Uh, on last night, as I was preparing for today and just going back over the message and studying it, I went back and looked at what God had really ministered to me about year five being a year of grace upon grace. And uh, I don't know if you all realize it or not, but next week will be five years to the date. Uh, from, from our ex first exploratory meeting on October the 13th, 2013, 2013. So now we're talking about almost five years later to the date that we will march into our own building. We started this journey five years ago. And I'll figure out how to share some of it, but everything that he said about that has supernaturally come to pass. Almost verbatim, everything that he said about year five being a year of grace upon grace. The things that have happened for us, we could not have done for ourselves. No one is smart enough. No one has the intelligence. There's no way any of us could take credit for what God has done. But I'm so glad he did it. Come on, anybody else in here glad that he did it? And, of course, we're going to spend the rest of our lives giving him the glory for it. We'll wrap up today, uh, Live Connected. This is really part four. I won't go backwards to go forward today. I want to welcome you if you're live streaming today on any of our platforms. Best way to follow along is through the YouVersion Bible app. Just go to the events section, click on Linked Up Church. Then all of the outline, the notes are right there. But it also allows you to write your own notes in addition to that outline. So it would be a great blessing to you. Uh, if you do that. Also want to acknowledge Life University. Their women's basketball team is in the building today. Let's thank God for them. Life University. Thank God for having. Why don't you all stand up so they'll know who you all are. Come on, that's Life University. Glad to have you all. Welcome. Thank you all for being our honored guest today. Let's go to John chapter 15 and let's begin reading at verse 9 as our foundation text. We've really studied all of the verses from John chapter 15, verse 1, all the way down to 17. We're now looking at the section of verses 9 through 17. It says, as the Father loved me, we know that word love there is agapeo. He's talking about in the social, moral sense. He said, I have loved you, or likewise, or in the same way, or in the same manner, or the same fashion. So the pattern that the Father loved me is the same pattern that I loved you. Then he says, abide in my love, that word love there is agape. That's unconditional. That's a, a love feast. It's benevolent and it's unconditional. He tells us to live in that kind of love. And I want to encourage you today. God loves you unconditionally and his love will never fail you. Ever. 
and he's telling us to live in that love. He says, if you keep my commandments, then you will settle down, take up residence. You will live in my love, agape, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love, agape, again. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Friends, there is phylos in the Greece, brotherly, neighborly, or fondness, which is what we should all be towards each other. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Come on, somebody put their hand across their heart right now. Come on, you you didn't choose God. God chose you. And why don't you thank God that he chose you right now? Come on, just thank God for, for choosing you. So often in life, especially if you're unmarried, you know, we're waiting on someone to choose us. Or to be chosen, right? But man, you can't get chosen by anyone bigger than God. And that's the one that sets up everything else. But even when someone in the natural chooses you, it will never compare to God's love for you. Never lose perspective of that. The greatest person in the world wanted you. Somebody ought to be thankful for that. I'm talking about the king of the universe said, I can't live without you in my life. Come on, that a blessing right there? That's encouraging to a heart. That's encouraging to someone's heart in this room. It says, no longer do I call you servants. Servant doesn't know what his master is doing, or slaves. The slave doesn't know what his master is doing. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and that you should bear fruit or produce fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father, we're going to do a little bit of that today. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that you love one another. We looked at point number one, which was a pattern for love. He showed us what it looked like. Let us never forget how Jesus learned love was by the way the Father loved him. So the way the Father loved him is the way he in turn loved us. And now he's asking us to love each other the way he loved us. So if you see how this flows, it's difficult to love someone else if you have not first received his love. Is everybody clear on that? That's so important. A lot of times we're trying to go this way without going this way. We've got to go this way before we go this way, okay? So it is a, uh, he left us a pattern for love. Point number two, it produces pure joy. That's the result of it. And then number three, let's talk about today and we'll close out with this, love and friendship. How many of y'all can honestly say you have in your life one true friend, one person that you know you can count on? Raise your hand if you have that. That's a blessing if you have that. That is a real blessing if you have that. Uh, Let's look at love and friendship. John chapter 15. Let's go back and read verses 12 through 15. In John chapter 15, he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So this is not optional. This is a commandment. It says, Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. So he shows us what extent he was willing to go to for us to demonstrate that love. I mean, I can't say I love you and it doesn't have some kind of demonstration behind it. 
Does everyone agree with that? Right? If I just say it and I do nothing, it's probably empty. But if I say it, then there should be some corresponding action that demonstrates that I actually love you. He showed you what his was. He says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. How many of y'all consider yourself a friend of God? All right. Watch this. He said, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. Now, I want to show you what being a friend of God looks like. For all things that I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Do you understand when you're a friend of Jesus, he tells you everything? You are not left in the dark about anything. When will I get married? He'll tell you. What does my next job look like? He'll show you. Sickness hits your body. He'll already show you your body healed. There's nothing he won't tell you that's not good for you. Anyone in here believe that today? Okay, now let's march through this today. A few things. Letter A, it'll go up on the screen. It's important that we love each other just as he loved us. And so in verse 13, go back and look at that. He'll say, greater love is no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. So in that, we can see that this love has some form of self-sacrifice in it, right? You ever needed a friend and called them and they just didn't have time for you? How did that make you feel? Especially if you needed them, right? Hey, hey, uh, my car, I'm having a little car problems right now and I need to get to work. Well, I can't get you right now. Right? What, how did that? Might have been a legitimate reason, but, but it still made us feel like, uh, I mean, a real love is going to have some form of self-sacrifice in it. It's going to cost you something. Right? In, in the form of sacrifice. And so, loving, love for our brothers and sisters may require, listen to this now, sacrifice of our time, our comforts, our plans, our conveniences. And then sometimes our resources. You know what that's called at Linked Up Church? Dream Team. You ought to clap your hands a little bit better than that. Because you get to come in here early, late, whenever you want to. But there are other people who sacrificed because they loved you and don't even know you. And they got here at 6.30, 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Come on, somebody, 7.30 a.m. And sacrifice their time so that you can come in whenever you want to and be blessed. That's why Linked Up Church is what it is today, because it has the greatest dream team. It has the greatest volunteers in the, in the world. But guess what? We can't exhaust and wear out the ones that we have. So if you're going to be a friend of Jesus, at some point you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice some of your time and be inconvenienced. Hello, somebody. So somebody else can be blessed just like God blessed your life. That's growth. Thank you all for those three hand claps and two amens. That's growth. So it's going to require that. Folks, guess what else is called at Linked Up Church? 
It's called small groups. At some point, you've got to care about more than yourself and say, you know what, God, you've been so good to me. Let me open up my doors. Let me open up my car. Let me open up a star. Let me go meet somebody at Starbucks. The same way, God, you use people to help me get my life together, use me to help me help somebody else get their lives together. That's called growth, folks. And so if I'm going to be a friend of Jesus, it's going to require some form of sacrifice on your part. God needs you. Linked Up Church needs you. But if you want to take the next step in your growth and your relationship with Jesus, then let him use you. Thank you for that enthusiasm this morning. Right? And I'll say it again. Linked Up Church has the best dream team volunteers and small groups. Come on, you ought to, come on, we, come on, think about that. Five years of setting up, breaking down one location, another location, two locations, one location. Come on, folks, they've been doing it for five years and have not complained one time. That's love. That's how we got here. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, let's read verses 3 and 4. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. See, don't make it about you or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. You know what's one of the best ways to esteem someone better than yourself is to serve them. Especially the ones you think don't deserve to be served. says, but whoever has this world's good, well, nope, nope, let each of you look not only for the things of his own interest. See, so often in our world, we get so self-consumed with selfies <laughs> and posts and likes that we forget, folks, that there are other people out here who need to be loved. And not in a social media kind of way. It needs to be tangible, something you can feel. Like when they're in a hospital bed and you show up. Come on, somebody. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also on the interests of others. Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. We've got a lot of people to love in Powder Springs. And in Cobb County. We've got a lot of schools to serve. Come on, we got a lot of parks to clean up. See, 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 because that's work. It's going to cost you something. Come on, we got a lot of homeless people to feed. Come on, we got a lot of people we need to help get off drugs. Come on, we got a lot of people who don't have an education. We need to help get GEDs. Come on, then after we help them get GEDs, we need to help them get jobs. Come on, there's a lot of people we've got to help get out of debt. Come on, he didn't give us this building so you could go tell somebody, come look at our building. He gave us the building to serve a community. Glory to God. 1 John 3, 16 and 17. By this we know love. So this is how we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. So whoever has this world's goods, See, if God's blessed you, 
Don't just make it about you. I need a little better amen in that. Whoever has these world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? See that same two words. How does it live, settle down? How does it have resonance in a heart that's not willing to help people that they can see are in need and they have the resources to help them? They have a healthy body to help them. There's nothing stopping them from serving other than I don't want to get up that early. Other than I had to work all week. We all did. Come on, I need a little better amen in here. Come on, some points it has to be about more than just us. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Huh? Come on, let's look at point number B. It'll demonstrate commitment. It will demonstrate commitment, right? It, real love is going to have some level of commitment to it. I, I'm a person, I'm real big on commitment and loyalty, right? I, I love that. Look at Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. Demonstrates commitment, right? We're talking about love and friendship. It will demonstrate commitment. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times. Not just when you're on the mountaintop. Matter of fact, be careful of all the love you get when you're on the mountaintop. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Be careful of all the friends who come along when your life is rolling and you're on top of the mountain and everything is going good, right? Pay attention to the ones when you hit a valley. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. I'm talking about a real friend is going to love at all times. Right? I, I heard it said, never ever pay attention to the people who are clapping when you succeed. Watch the ones who aren't clapping. Everybody don't want you to win. And sometimes they get real close to you. Oh, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. See, a friend is going to love when? Not some of the time. When? When? How long we known each other, Kev? About 35 years? Come on, man. We've been loving each other for 35 strong. All day, every day. Kev, no. If Kev called me, it's done. If I call Kev, it's done. Because a real friend's going to love at all times. Right? It's going to have some form of commitment to it. Right? That's why when people leave you, it's probably a good thing. Some of y'all are going to catch that when you get out there in the car. Some of you need to let that hit your spirit right now. A lot of times we're trying to hang on to a lot of stuff that wasn't really never what you thought it was. All right. A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. So when you go through something, your friends are going to show up. That's right. That's right. When adversity hits your life, that's when you're going to really figure out who's on your team. Right? That's why I love sports. I played college basketball. You get to see 
who has heart when you're down by 10 with three minutes on the clock and who folds it, turns it in, puts their head down, start talking about the coach, talking about the other teammate. Which one is getting ready to dig and figure out how to find a way to win? That's when you find out who your friends are is when adversity hits and they don't complain. They just say, you know what? We're in it now. Let's find out how to win in this situation. Let's figure it out. Let's be solution driven. All your real friends are going to show up when you hit adverse times. They're going to have commitment to it. They're going to stay with you until you get there. It's the kind of friends we build here at Linked Up Church. Not wishy-washy friends. Here one week, gone next week. Hello, somebody. Here this year, gone next year. Real friendship is going to have some kind of commitment to it. It's going to be there for the long haul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of y'all know this hasn't been easy? Everybody that started is not finished. But boy, am I so thankful for those who are. I just have to say it again. Linked Up Church has the greatest volunteers in the United States. Uh, come on, you all can, that's not easy. Leadership hit an adverse time. Thousands of friends rushed to the rescue. So what I'm trying to show you is we didn't get here by ourselves. Our friends. We didn't have friends. We don't get here. Don't try to do life by yourself. I'm preaching to somebody in this room. See, yeah, everybody don't want nobody in their business. I'm, I'm a private person. Well, you're going to need somebody at some point in your life. Hello. We don't get here without friends. And when adversity hit our door, all our friends rushed in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Al. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. Thank you, boy. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Hallelujah. So it's going to demonstrate commitment. It's going to provide godly counsel. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. It's going to provide godly counsel. This is the kind of friends you want in your life. Love and friendship. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. See, if I'm wrong, then tell me I'm wrong. Don't go tell a bunch of other people, come tell me if you love me. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. 
right? And if it's between me and you, then let's me and you talk about it. Why, why does this have to be between everybody else but the two people that are involved in it? If you really love me, then come to me and rebuke me. Hello? Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. I saw an image of the, the president going up the, the, the plane with some toilet tissue on his, on his feet. I know everybody saw that. Nobody was, loved him enough to say, hey, prayers. You got some toilet tissue. No, they, a lot of people probably said the whole world's getting ready to see how foolish he's getting ready to look going up this plane, these stairs with this toilet. I mean, you know, I don't want that kind of love around me. <laughs> kind of love I want is, is people that'll say, hey, pastor, wait a minute. At least let me give you another way to think about that. That's right. That's right. And come directly to me to say that. Amen. I can't stand all these private conversations Amen. in offices about what's wrong. And ain't nobody coming to talk about it. See, see, people like that are problem-possessed and they never accomplish anything. People that are solution-driven going to come straight to the front door and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. How can we work on it and get better? It's these private, concealed conversations that destroy organizations. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? I'm ready to win Powder Springs. I love Powder Springs, man. And I'm ready to win it in Jesus' name. Come on, come on. What's, I need help, though. Come on, I need all my friends to go with me. We need to go in there like gangbusters. How many of you all can I count on? How many of y'all are not serving right now? Raise, raise your hand. With, with, raise it. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it. Wave at me. Wave at me. Wave. Raise it and wave. Now say this, Pastor, I'm not serving right now, but it won't be for long. Now go ahead and give God glory for that. Okay? So they're going to provide godly counsel. Look at verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. See, I'd rather you tell me the truth and it hurt me. Hello? Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So I don't want the one that's smiling in my face. Pastor, you, you great. Pastor, look at God. Pastor, and then as soon as they leave you. I can't believe he blah, 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 blah. Then get back around you. I actually pray that God keeps that as far away from me as he possibly can. And God, send to me people who will tell me exactly how they feel about me. Good, bad, or indifferent. Just be honest. How many of you are not going to have a good marriage if you're not honest with each other? I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. I said, how many of you know you're not going to have a good relationship if you all aren't honest with each other? Right? Now, you got to use wisdom with that honesty, especially if you're a male. She's a female. She comes to you and she says, how does this look on me? You got to have some wisdom there. And let me help every male in here. 
How do you think it looks on you, babe? Do you like it? Because if you like it, I love it. Now watch this. Now watch how you get the truth in. But you love it, I love it. But let me show you a way to even make it better. Oh, let's look at another way that that same outfit might look. Let's just give it some different options. See how you keep working with that? to eventually land where you wanted to, which was that don't look good on you. you by finding something that looks better. Y'all ain't catch that. So, some of y'all, boy, you ain't ready for no good relationship. Did, did you see that? See how you worked that all the way over to get out of that outfit into something better without ever saying you don't look good in that outfit. All I said was, do you love it? If you love it, then I love it. I didn't say I love it. I said, if you love it, I love it. But let's look at some different options. Here. Let's keep working with it. They won't flatter you with empty words. Proverbs 29, 5. So they're going to provide godly counsel. Won't flatter you with empty words. Proverbs 29, 5. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Letter E, he speaks the truth in love or with love. Ephesians 4.15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things. So the only reason I want to tell you the truth is not to tear you down, but to help you grow up. That's the only reason you bring the truth is not so that you can wordplay and demean and take somebody down. The only reason for being honest and truthful with someone is to help them grow up in Christ. Look at Psalms 141, stanza 5, or verse 5, the A portion of that. Psalms 141, stanza 5, the A portion of that. Let the righteous strike me, it shall be a kindness. And let him rebuke me, and it shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. One of the most beautiful things in the world is when someone receives correction. Especially with men. How I many know it's sometimes hard to get men to receive correction? But one of the most mature things you could ever do is if someone's going to love you enough to show you your blind spots and say, hey, let me just show you something you might not be thinking of. It's real maturity on your part to let that be like anointing oil that just flows down because you don't see everything about yourself. Right? It's just like in a marriage. You listen to your spouse. They see what you don't see. Listen, man, my wife saves me a lot. I've learned now to just, hey, babe, this is what, how I'm seeing it. How, how do you see it? And she just adds so much more to that that I didn't think of. Hello? They'll encourage you towards good. Letter F, and we'll close right here. We'll prepare to close. Letter F, they'll encourage you towards good, right? See, they're going to say to you, you know, let's go work out. <laughs> Did you get your shots up today? Not where we hanging this weekend. You drinking or you thinking? What you doing? <laughs> Hello? Don't sit there and look at me like that. I was a college athlete too. 
right? Whole lot to do on the weekend, right? But it takes some courage and some good friends to help you do the right thing. You're in college to get a good education and be the best athlete you possibly can be. You got to learn how to avoid all the extra. Everything people telling you is fun, it's not fairly fun. It's good. It might not be good for you. And a good friend is going to tell you that. I'm being a friend to you right now. Go to school. Get a good education. Right? Work hard at your craft and get your life together. Stay away from drugs and alcohol and save your bodies until you get married. Come on, I'm in church now. I need a little bit better amen than that in church. Save yourself. You might not ever have anyone else that ever tell you that. That's the best thing, best gift you could give to yourself and whoever your future spouse is. Remember, if you give it away easy now, you give it away easy later. If it ain't precious and valuable now, it won't be later. I love you all. I might not ever see you again. That's why I'm trying to get it all in one service. Make sure you know somebody loved you enough to tell you the what? True. Encourage us towards good. Watch this now. Hebrews chapter 10. And I want everybody live streaming to pay very close attention right here. Everybody live streaming, listen very carefully. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, I'm reading out of the Amplified, everyone in the building as well, says, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. So the purpose of us coming together in church is for praise and worship and then to receive instruction together. As is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. So a true friend is going to encourage. Now, don't hear this the wrong way if you're live streaming. There are people who have legitimate reasons for being home. But there are others who live right in Marietta, right in Austell, right in Mableton. And the only reason you didn't physically come to the building because it was more convenient to stay home. Praise God, you're getting blessed at home. But man, God needs you. He needs your worship. He needs your corporate worship. He needs your service. Linked Up Church needs you. Thank God for watching us online. But man, don't forsake the coming together. Hallelujah. And if you agree with that, just type amen. Give me a comment. I'll go back and read it later. But I'm loving you enough to tell you the truth. We didn't create that so you could stay home. That's for people who live outside the region who can't physically get here or who physically just can't get here because of a challenge. But if you're healthy, you need to be in the house. Everybody turn around and come on, everybody turn around and encourage all of our streamers right now. Say this with me. Say, streamers, streamers. we need to see you, to see you. In, the in the house next Sunday. Next Sunday. Now, somebody go ahead and give God glory for that. Next Sunday, and I thank God for live streaming. Well, I mean, no, just like everything else, it'll make you lazy. You can't serve through live stream. Come on, you can't help people through live stream. 
right? That's all about, praise God that you're getting it, but let's also get it and help other people get it, right? And so let's close right here. John chapter 15, verse 16 and 17 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and you should bear fruit. Your life is supposed to produce fruit, period, right? Let's go backwards to go forwards. You can't produce fruit if you don't stay connected to the vine. How do you stay connected to the vine? Through your word life and your prayer life. Every day, you must get up and spend time in prayer and in the word of God to stay connected to the vine. The more you stay connected to the vine, the more fruit your life will produce. The more fruit your life produces, the more God will cause it to remain. That's why God called you. That's why he appointed you. That's why he ordained you for your life to produce fruit and that your fruit should remain. Then watch this, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, the one he's giving it to who's asking is the one that's connected, that's living connected. I had a person tell me just last week, and I'm speaking to you right now, P, God really does love you that much, man. I was sharing with the congregation on last week about righteousness. You all remember that? And how when God, there's nothing you do to earn this. And your past, God didn't hold your past against you, right? I was actually using an illustration about my past. And I used a situation in the media right now where someone, what they did 36 years ago has been brought up today. Not to minimize what happened to the female. I was using it as an example of, of if they brought up 36 years ago, all the stuff I did, that's little what he did, not what the female went through. I'm just telling you what they're bringing up for him in comparison to what God has forgiven me of. Is everybody clear on that? So a friend of mine I grew up with, and if you watch the movie One uh, White Boy Rick, this is the neighborhood we grew up in. And so, P, listen to me again, man. God has forgiven you. Listen, man, you served your time. You paid your dues, man. You can't keep beating yourself up for the rest of your life because you took somebody's life, man. Listen, the best thing you can do now is save as many lives as you can for the one life that you took, man. That's all you can do. Receive his love, man, because he really has forgiven you. He wiped your slate clean. And he treats you as though what you did doesn't exist anymore. You got to receive that by faith. That's for somebody else in this room too. You got to receive that by faith. By faith. Come on, say I'm forgiven. Come on, say I'm forgiven. You believe that? All of it is wiped clean. The person that can ask whatever they will They have to see themselves that way. They have to live connected. This is what I share with this same individual. I say, I want you to think about it. You're only connected to the vine one day a week. How much fruit do you think your life is going to produce? If all you're doing is watching a live stream one day a week and living how you want to live the rest of the week, how much fruit do you really think your life is going to produce? And then people turn around and blame God. Why didn't this happen? He's only seeing you once a week. How I many know that's not living connected? That's visiting connected. 
but not living connected. How many of you believe that your life is connected and you live a connected life? All right. Now, that same group of people, and even if you don't, God will answer your prayer simply because he loves you. I want you to lift both hands to the Father right now. All right, I want you to think about something. I could have read testimonies today of jobs, protection, supernatural protection, all kind of stuff. I've just run out of time. Lift both hands to the Father right now. If you know you live a connected life or you're making a decision today to live connected, I want you to ask the Father for what you need right now. Whatever it may be, it might be a job. Come on, it might be healing. It might, I don't know what it is. It might be a relationship restore. It might be just your heart. You've been burdened. You might be full of anxiety. Whatever it is today, I want you to ask the Father for it. Go ahead, right now, just you and him asking for it. Hallelujah. I want you to ask the Father in Jesus' name, because it's by his authority and his character that you get it. Now, if you believe you receive it, would you go ahead and thank God for it right now? Come on. Come on, thank God for it. Come on, really thank God for it because it's yours. Come on, thank God for it. Come on, believe you receive that. Come on, thank God for it. Come on, give God glory in advance that it's yours. That is a biblical promise. He said that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you, whatever you ask the Father. And so, Father, in the presence of all of these people, I ask you for the 33 acres next door to Browns, 4331 Brownsville Road. Father, in the presence of all of these people, I ask you for the strip mall. I ask you for the plot of property uh, in between the building and the 33 acres. Father, I ask you for the 30 acres on Hill Road. Father, I ask you for all the loose property in Powder Springs. I ask you for it right now to be used to serve and love your people in tremendous and great capacities, Father. Father, I ask you to help us develop the city of Powder Springs, Father, and let it be one of the most premier cities in the entire county. Father, I ask you to let your church be such a beacon of light in that community that the school board officials attend, the fire chief attends, the chief of police attends, Father, because we work so well with the community, Father. Please, Father, I ask you to let that church be so connected to the community that it all works in sync together that the world will have to talk about what's happening in this community in metropolitan Atlanta that's changing so many lives. Father, I ask you for that now in the presence of your people, and I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. If anybody wants to rejoice with me, come on, if anybody wants to thank God with me for that. And I want to ask the Father for one more thing. Father, you said that we get asked for the heathen for our inheritance. Father, give us all the lost people in Powder Springs and metropolitan Atlanta. Every person is not saved and doesn't know you. Send them to us, Father so that we can get them saved and cleaned up and help them to go on and live productive lives. Come on, anybody want to thank God for the heathen for our inheritance? Come on, everybody that's lost, come on, let's call them in. Come on, rejoice with me. Come on, let's give God glory for that. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And Father, may you not spare one expense, Father, not one penny to love on the people that you've called us to serve. You'll see three points here in the conclusion. 
He said, you are my friends if you do what I tell you. So if you consider yourself a friend of God, then go back through this message and just obey what he's instructing you to do. Number two, never forget that our obedience is a source of joy for him and for us. And then number three, let's make it a point to practice true love and true friendship. Let's all stand to our feet right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's all stand to our feet. Lift your hands up to the Father. I want to conclude this series with a prayer today. Father, I understand that one plants, one waters, but only you can give the increase. And so, Father, I pray for every person under the sound and authority of my voice that they will dedicate and discipline themselves to spend time in your word and in prayer every single day of their lives. They will, lives. They will live connected lives. They will stay connected to the vine, Father. And my prayer is that their lives will produce fruit. And the fruit that their lives produces, it will remain and it will stay, Father. And that is my prayer over every person, either live streaming or physically in this service, Father. I pray that their lives will be the most productive they've ever been as they stay connected to the vine. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer today, just stay right there. Continue allowing your heart to talk to the Father. If you're in this room today and just in your heart, you know that your heart is not connected to the Father through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to pray with and for you today. You say, in my heart, I know I'm not connected to the Father through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you today. You might say to me, Pastor, at one point my life was connected, but through disobedience, I've allowed myself to go back out in the world. I know my life is not connected to, to, to God through Christ. I want to come back to God through Christ today. If that's you today, you want to give your life back to Christ, I want to pray with and for you. Then finally, if you don't have a church home, you believe God has led you to join this church. It bears witness with your spirit that this is where he wants you planted. My wife and I, this staff, will be happy to receive you, and we will pray for you every single day of our lives. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. I gave three invitations today. First was to give.